We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Home and home. Christian Fourier is angry about the situation. Mel Tucker leaving Colorado, going to Michigan State. Well, Drew Pearson is angry at the situation as a grandparent. A similar tale to Christian Fourier and what he just told us. The legendary Cowboys wide receiver for the 1970s all-decade team, one of the greats of all time, Drew Pearson, joining us on Home and Home. Great to have you on, sir. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. You called Mel Tucker a con man on Twitter yesterday. Explain why. Well, uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a little fired up after listening to Christian. I was going to uh, uh, take a different approach, but I understand how he feels about the process and the system. That's the problem. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, I'm concerned, uh, first of all, I want to apologize to Mel Tucker. He's not a con man. I mean, he's just part of the system. He's just doing what's best for him, what's best for his family. He's paid his dues in the coaching ranks and stuff like that to get to where he is, uh, to be offered a $30 million package uh, type salary package uh, to go to Michigan State. And, you know, he's from up that way and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of stuff played into his decision. And the reason I was so upset is because when I, I, I'm sleeping in bed, I get the, uh, the text alert. Uh, that he's decided to go to Michigan State, and I get pissed right away. And I contact my grandson. Did he hear about this? And he says, yes, I heard about it, Grandpa. He says, as a matter of fact, it's the first thing I woke up to this morning. So he got the same kind of flash text that I did concerning uh, Coach Tucker making the decision to go to Michigan State. And I felt bad for him because, you know, he went through that recruiting process Coach Tucker sat there with two other kids from the area that decided to go to Colorado, two very good athletes that could have gone anywhere, uh, along with my grandson, just about anywhere. Uh, you know, and I just felt that I felt his disappointment there. And when the coach is there and bringing us all together, all the three guys uh, that from this area, when he met with us, with some other assistant coaches and with the, each of us had all our family there and our parents and uh, grandparents like myself were there. And, you know, when they tell you things, you believe that, you know, you want to take that as gospel because you're making a big decision at the, at this point in the life. This is my grandson's biggest decision he's ever had to make. And for him not to be able to, uh, go with somebody that influenced or be there with somebody that influenced that decision, you know, that that's the disappointing part. And I came out cause I was upset. I was really upset and not so much with uh, Mel Tucker, you know, Baylor interviewed him. I sat in that office with Matt rule and he's telling my grandson the same thing. He ain't going nowhere, you know? So I'm more upset with the system, the process, 
And the NCAA does not do anything unless they're forced to do something. They sit there and watch how this process plays out each and every time a coach moves and each and every time somebody other than the players get the benefits uh, that for participating in the NCAA, whatever sport it might be, you know, but they never do anything. That's why California, the laws, the uh, judicial system had to step in and force the uh, NCAA to bless the fact that, you know, in California, players can make, you know, uh, benefit off their lights and presence uh, that they bring to the universities and stuff like that. So I was more upset with the uh, process. And here again, guys, Ross and Dave, I'm more upset with Michigan State. You know, they just throw money out there and then they say, we don't have enough money to pay athletes and stuff like that. But they'll throw big numbers like that out there at coaches. You know, I understand their process was very, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, tough as far as finding somebody that wants to accept that job. A few other people, including Mel Tucker, turned it down. But, you know, this is Michigan State. We got deep pockets. We can get somebody. How are we going to get them? Well, if we can't get them because we're Michigan State, we'll get them because we're Michigan State, and we can throw some money at them that they and make an offer that is very difficult for anybody to refuse that's in that coaching profession. So, you know, getting all back to this, uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize to Mel Tucker. He's a good man. He has a great family. His wife's an attorney. He's got two great sons. Uh, and I hope that, you know, uh, they didn't, take that to heart that their that their father or husband is a con man because he's not that by any means for sure. Yeah, Drew, um, well well said on a lot of different levels. Always good to talk with you. Um, I talk with recruits all the time and absolutely tell them to not pick a school based on the coach, but obviously that's a big part of it. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong, Drew, but there is not a mechanism whereby your grandson can immediately transfer and not face any issues in terms of sitting out as a result of this. Because to me, that would seem to be the easy fix, would be that if there's a material change, like the head coach or position coach leaves, that... Mm-hmm. The players at that position, or any of them, if the head coach leaves, should be able to transfer immediately without penalty if they so desire. Yeah, that definitely. If, if the coach can do it, why can't the players do it? And the coaches complain about it. They complain about the transfer portal and all this. They complain anything that takes away from what they're trying to achieve. You know, coach up the, the next guy up, you know. If this guy wants to leave and he doesn't see it's the fit for him, you know, they should be able to leave just like the coaches can leave without any penalty. No Tucker is not going to have to sit out a year. But if my grandson, unless Colorado releases him, and other schools have contacted him uh, since uh, yesterday, since this news came out uh, uh, about my frustration and, of course, uh, with Mr. Tucker going to Michigan State. And so other schools have contacted my grandson, and I'm sure the other guys from this area that made commitments to Colorado, because they're very good athletes, I'm sure they got contacted by other schools as well. But what happens if that 
my grandson, can he decommit and go to another school? Uh, will Colorado uh, step up and release or, or make it uh, uh, the release available for these guys to go on to another school if they so desire, desire since they a big part of their decision to go to Colorado was Mel Tucker. I mean, he, he's a great man. I mean, I, was, I wanted to sign with Colorado after talking to him, you know? Uh, so he had a big influence. Yeah, you pick the school and the, and the school and the education and, and the, uh, the course of studies that the school has to offer. You pick a school for that reason. There's no question about that. But the big influence in your decision is the coach. So. Anyway, the players need to have the same equal rights as the coach to move on. And the coaches, these coaches recruit players each and every year. You know, they're, 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 uh, they're nest eggs, so to speak, as far as the, the wealth of players they have on their roster. doesn't get depleted like the NFL. It doesn't change over. And it changes over in four years. You get these kids for four years uh, if you treat them right and they get the playing time that they desire, you get them for those four years, and they expect to be there for those four years. So anyway, uh, uh, it's, the, it's the process. It's the system. And, you know, how everybody has a price. And uh, Michigan State realized what they had to do. They had to up the price to get the coach that they want, and that's what they did. Shines the light on a broken process, to say the least. Talk with legendary Cowboys wide receiver Drew Pearson. And to be frank, Drew, I'm a Colorado alum. I woke up the exact same way you did. I was angry all morning. I went on other radio stations. I called them a snake. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to apologize or take that back. Because if he recruited the way Mike Vrabel did, now Mike Vrabel wasn't a head coach. He was an assistant coach at Ohio State. He told every kid exactly what Ross Tucker believes. Don't choose any school for any coach. Vrabel told guys, choose schools based on that school, the feel, the stadium, uh, the people you meet at that university. (laughs) I wish Mel Tucker and others recruited that way. I talked to two other parents besides you and Christian that said he very much committed to being there and staying there, that this was a dream opportunity. So that's why I'm not backing down from what I had to say about it. Want to get your thoughts as well, Drew, on how the Hall of Fame process rolled out uh, this past Super Bowl week with the Centennial team. You were there with friends and family. We all expected you to make the Hall of Fame to get the call. How do you take that situation? Are you angry with how it played out and that Centennial team? Uh, yeah, not not necessarily angry, uh, but disappointed for sure. You know, I've never been a finalist. I'm all decade of the 1970s, and I watch guys from the, that all-decade team, and including the second team all-decade, go into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, you get frustrated. You think, why? Why are they going in and you're not going in? What did I do different from what they did? And why can't I get that recognition? Receivers that I beat out for the all-decade team in the 70s are leapfrogged me right into the Hall of Fame. Lynn Swan was the other wide receiver of the uh, first team all-decade. His running mate, John Stallworth, didn't even come close to making all-decade first or second team, and he leapfrogged me, uh, leapfrogged me right into the Hall of Fame. So, 
you know, this is the first time I've been a finalist. And so I don't know how to act as a finalist. And so I was, I wanted everybody to be there. I invited every local TV station in the market to be there because I've worked for everyone, each, uh, all four of the uh, local TV stations here over the years. Uh, I've worked for each one of those stations at some point over the years. So I invited them all. I couldn't tell one to be here and not the other. And then I wanted my family and some close friends to be part of this. So I thought this was my way to get in. The other way didn't work out for me. The normal way didn't work out. It hasn't worked out in over 30 years. So I figured this might be it. So I wanted everybody to be there to be part of it. And then when I saw Harold Carmichael go, and uh, I knew he was second team all decade, I said, wow, this might be it for me. So I kept looking at my phone. I kept waiting for my phone to ring, vibrate, do anything, but it never did. And so when the final name was called, you know, the frustration just came out, and I was just disappointed. And I, what I hope to get out of that, when people saw that on a viral level, trending worldwide and all that kind of stuff, Drew Pearson going through this, what I hope they get out of that is an understanding of what we athletes go through, we professional football players go through in this process of uh, trying to get into the Hall of Fame. And I want it to be tough. I want it to be a tough process because the NFL Hall of Fame is the most prestigious of all Hall of Fames, all right, in pro sports and any in any sports on college level or uh, professional level. Look at the NBA. Look at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Everybody gets in the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's not a college Hall of Fame. It's just a Hall of Fame. And, you know, everybody gets in to the Hall of Fame. You could be a ball boy. If you've been a ball boy for 20 years for, for a college basketball team, you know, you get recognition in, into the uh, uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. But the NFL Hall of Fame has maintained its uh, integrity of being uh, the most prestigious of all Hall of Fames by, because it's so difficult to get in. But at the same time, I don't care how difficult the process is, the deserving ones still need to get through that process. They need to make up for the mistakes. And that's part of why the Centennial class was uh, established to try to make up for the mistakes that the Hall of Fame voting committee had made over the years. And so you would think that I'd be part of that process, the mistake they see, since they voted for me as the all-decade receiver of the 70s, uh, their vote got me that recognition, you would think that's one of the mistakes that they would want to correct. So uh, I was disappointed. And again, what I hope they see is that the anguish we go through, these not necessarily the fans and the public, but these Hall of Fame voters, the, these guys that have the, and ladies that have the, the voting rights and have our fate in their hands, and they could see that because I know Everson Walls was up last year and he had to go to Canton to find out if he got in or not. And he never got that knock in a positive way. And he found out and his whole family's there in Canton. And nobody saw the anguish that he went through when he found out he didn't make it into that class. You know, so anyway, what I went through, hopefully, uh, hopefully what we can get out of that is that the anguish we professional athletes, we professional football players 
uh, excuse me, go through when our name is not called. So it sounds like, Drew, I was going to ask if you regretted having all the cameras there. It sounds like not at all. Not at all. No. Uh, uh, Ross and Dave, hey, 15, 20 minutes later, we were popping that champagne. <laughs> we, we're still celebrated, you know. We got close. We became a finalist, and now maybe the name is out there, and maybe uh, it'll it's out there on the radar. I talked to Rick Gossman. Uh, who has a vote, and we've been communicating back and forth through this whole process. And, you know, he and, he and I both agree, you know, now your name's back out there. Now you're on the radar, and maybe with that, you'll get in through the normal process uh, since you didn't get in through this extended process. Drew Pearson with us, legendary Cowboys wide receiver. Last question for you today is how do you feel about the way – the Dak Prescott contract situation has played out. Is Jerry Jones um, underappreciating his quarterback? And who do you think is the Cowboys quarterback for the foreseeable future? Oh, there's no question it's Dak. You know, Jerry Jones knows this. He will get this deal done. If he can get the deal done with uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, Zeke Elliott, and Zeke had two more years before he could do anything. He had one more year in his rookie contract and then an option. So he couldn't do anything, but Jerry still took care of him because he knows this is a window of opportunity for him. If we let Dak go, if we let Dak walk uh, and not franchise him or whatever uh, to give him the ability to walk as a free agent, uh, you know, where, where do we go? Where do we go as far as that position is concerned? We don't have any body of significance in the backup role or anything like that. So, there's no question uh, Jerry will get this deal done with Dak. He likes Dak. He knows what Dak brings to the table. Dak is his Troy Aikman. What he has to do is surround Dak and this football team in this window of opportunity with the best talent that he can put on the field, offensive, defensively, and special teams. But not only that, with the best coaching. You know, I think the, the best move the Cowboys have made a uh, as other than bringing in Mike McCarthy as head coach, is the changes they made on the defensive side of the football. You know, we needed to come up with new schemes and take advantage of the talent uh, that we have on defense. But the Cowboys are in a situation where they got 25 or 26 or so unrestricted free agents. So there's a lot of money uh, that they got to uh, uh, spread out uh, to get just bodies on the football team. But the first thing they got to do is take care of Dak, and they, they're going to do that. And, you know, Dak has become a little defiant about the, the franchise tag, tag, and I don't blame him. Nobody wants that tag, you know, especially if you can get a long-term contract and uh, secure your, your, your future. You don't want to play uh, uh, contract to contract, tag to tag. And uh, so the NFL has it set up that way, but uh, – uh, I know Jerry Jones does not want to do that. He does not want to go into training camp with a discussion, well, into the offseason and the offseason uh, workouts and all that kind of stuff, uh, the mini camps. He doesn't want to go into that with a disgruntled quarterback because that'll send a negative message throughout the rest of the football team. And uh, you guys know that that doesn't work in the NFL if you want to, if your goal is to win a Super Bowl, you can't have that negativity. 
within your ranks of the, the players. Uh, that's for sure. Feels like where it's headed, but you never know with Jerry Jones. Drew Pearson, legendary Cowboys wide receiver. Great to have you on the program this morning. Thanks so much for the insight. Pleasure, guys. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. Go Cowboys. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 